Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. Hey everybody, today's episode is a recording from a presentation I did for a mastermind recently where I talked to how to finance deals without banks. So there's traditional financing for a deal where you use a bank or a traditional lender. And then you can also do it where the seller offers financing or a private lender offers the financing. So today's episode is number two of the series. And I'm talking specifically how to speak to sellers and what language to use so that you can have better odds of having them finance the deal for you. So tune in. I hope you enjoy. So what is creative financing? Get into the nitty gritty here. Essentially, creative financing is where the seller provides the loan for the real estate. So in a traditional transaction, you have a buyer and a seller. The bank provides the loan so that the deal can get done. With creative financing, generally the seller is the one providing that loan. There are a bunch of types and I'm not gonna, due to time, I'm not gonna try to get real deep into each type of creative financing. I'm gonna focus more on how you talk to the sellers and how you talk to your lenders, how you specifically ask them for money. Because all of that is essentially the same. The contract you use or the structure you use doesn't much matter. Um, but some different types of creative financing, you can do a land contract, um, also called a contract for deed in some states where you pay them over time, they keep the deed, you get the deed when you pay off the contract, subject to where uh, you receive the deed and you just start paying on a loan that they have with a bank. Wrap mortgage, owner held mortgage, similar concepts, um, lease option is where you rent uh, the house and you have an option to purchase it at a set price for so many years. 0% interest offers, I put that in there. You can use that with a land contract. Wrap mortgage, owner held mortgage, you can use it with different structures, but when you don't have interest in that loan, it gives you a ton of flexibility. So that's just another way to do it. And really that just means that you tell them, I'll pay you so much for your house over so many years, or I'll pay you so much for your house, this much per month until it's paid off. And the fact that you don't have to pay interest gives you more flexibility and makes it a lot more profitable for you. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons there for why we want creative financing. I'm betting with this group, we all know why we want it. So um, why do sellers offer financing? And that is plain and simple. They offer financing to us because it benefits them. So we need to know what those benefits are because a lot of times the seller, when you initially talk to them, they're gonna say, oh, I want all cash. If you've ever pitched creative financing, I'm sure you've heard that response. But really, in most cases, it's because they don't know the benefits. So there's kind of an information process and education process where you demonstrate the benefits to them. So these benefits, there's five benefits. 
we have to know them really well so that when we're talking to the seller, we can automatically present the benefits as they present their problems. We can demonstrate how creative financing solves their problem. So when is price, um, if a seller sells on terms, not only is there no realtor involved that uh, that 6% would be lost to the seller, but a lot of times as an investor, I'll pay a premium if they'll offer financing. Especially if it's 0%, then price really doesn't matter a lot to me. Um, taxes. So if an investor has owned a property for a long time, then when they, and they've taken all the depreciation, when they sell that property, they owe taxes on that, on all those proceeds. Whereas if they sell on terms, they only owe tax on the principal they've received, which drastically changes their tax burden and spreads it out over years. Monthly income, a lot of uh, investors, especially, they've been living off the monthly income. And so the idea of selling is hard for them because they're gonna lose all of their income. And those last two, I saw when my parents were trying to sell and get out of real estate. And the idea of paying a big chunk of their proceeds and taxes and losing all of their monthly income really wasn't appealing at all. And so they ended up selling on terms uh, a lot of their units to solve that problem. So additionally, increased return, the interest that they receive if you give interest in the note is going to be higher um, than what they can get elsewhere generally because we're not comparing this to the stock market where they could lose the money we're comparing it to a secured asset with return and a quick and easy close so a lot of the sellers you know the situation they're in they're distressed or the house is distressed they have some headache and they just want it out of their life right they want to move on so this is a way we can help them do that. All right, so some key concepts with how to speak to the seller. Number one, we're gonna start with questions. All right, so why are you selling the house? This is a simple question. What we're not gonna do, do not do, is write down their answer and just move on. If they say, I've already moved and I can't afford two mortgage payments, you don't want to write down that and then move ahead. Every answer that they give, we're going to use to build rapport, okay? And we're going to use to start casting a vision for what life is going to be like for them after they've sold their house to you. So let's say they have two mortgage payments. You say, yeah, I, I agree. I understand how that would be pro a problem. You know, I wouldn't want to have two mortgage payments or you know, if I don't have experience, tenants can cause problems. I can relate to that. Or, you know, you're just taking their side. You always want to be in the position where, and I'm sure a lot of you have spoken with sellers, sometimes you get in this discussion and it almost feels like you're opposed to each other. And it turns into this negotiation where they're trying to push on you and you're trying to push on them. And the better perspective is, if you can make the discussion where you, you and the seller are working together and you're both trying to solve the problem of selling the house, then 
the whole discussion is going to go much easier. So um, additional questions, if you don't mind me asking, what will you do with the money? A lot of times they don't know what they'll do with the money and they haven't thought about how they can earn a good return on the money. So um, would monthly cash flow help you in any way instead of a lump sum? I've had sellers where they, they didn't want a lump sum after I asked a bunch of questions and got their situation because they knew family members were just gonna borrow it or essentially beg it off of them. And so for them, it made more sense. It was better for them to just get a little bit each month because they could manage that. Are you concerned about the tax consequences? So um, some investors don't really know what their tax consequences are. They see the big sale price and they don't realize how little of that they're gonna actually keep. So the key is asking questions. You're just going to try to serve them, help them better understand how to structure that deal for them. Key phrases I, I like to use, if I could help you with blank, would you be interested? It just, these phrases help get the discussion away from price um, or away from all cash offer. <clears throat> um, if this were no longer a problem, are you ready to sell your house today? Essentially, I can solve your problem. Are you open to it? This is a huge one. Usually when I talk to sellers like you, they like, and you can fill in the blank there. So they say they want an all cash offer till they realize the benefits. Usually other sellers like you like the idea of continuing to get monthly cash flow. We as humans have this innate tendency to want to do things like other people. So if I bring up with a seller, there's benefits um, to selling your house on terms. They're not sure they trust me. They're not sure I'm, uh, I, I'm kind of biased, right? Because they know I want to buy their house. But if I point out that other sellers who I've dealt with realize there are benefits, they seem to be much more open to the idea. It's like the, the crowd mentality. So um, in everything, present it as an opportunity. Just like I talked about when I was raising money and we'll talk about with private money, Everything is vision and opportunity. So you are presenting them with an opportunity to sell their house, be done with the headache, get a high price, reduce their taxes, continue to get monthly cash flow, all those benefits, this great opportunity they didn't know they had, and continually cast the vision. Whatever their headache is, you know, won't life be better when you don't have to deal with the family member living in the house? Or how will it feel when you don't have two mortgage payments? Just keep putting, you know, in front of them. Because for a lot of people, selling their house is difficult. Selling in a creative way is uncomfortable. And so when you keep casting vision, it just makes them focus on getting through that difficult stage and what's on the other side. So. Okay, here's a couple examples real quick um, from my experience. Subject to deal, I had um, uh, somebody, it was a friend of mine who knew this seller. This seller couldn't sell their house because they didn't have enough equity to pay for the realtor fees. They had tried to sell it. They were going to uh, try to bring money to the table, but they couldn't get a high enough price even for that. 
And so I basically agreed to uh, pay 83,000. They had a loan of 80. I brought three to closing. Real nice house in, in the suburbs, great neighborhood. And the, the cash flow, it rented right away. It's been the same tenants um, since then. Cash flow was 275. So did I care on that, on this deal, whether I paid pretty much full price? Not really, because I got more than my cash back, more than 100% cash on cash return in one year. And I'm, I'm controlling the asset. And the discussion with the seller pretty much was they had already bought another house and they were ready to move. They'd outgrown that one. And I just asked what the situation was, why they couldn't sell it and said, you know, I'd like to solve your problem for you. Here's how I can do that. As long as we structure the deal this way, you are done with the house. It's no longer a problem. You won't have two mortgage payments. And they said, okay, simple as that. <clears throat> Here's another one. It was uh, an investor who was just fed up. And this was one of two doubles I ended up buying from him. He wanted 50,000, which was pretty much uh, what it was worth. Down payment, 10%, which was 5,000. Monthly payment, I think it was amortized over 10 years. And the rent was 1250. They were rented. So I closed right after the first, got prorated rent and deposits. Um, so really I only paid about 2,500 down at closing and the cash flow was 425 a month. So just a couple of examples. And with that one, the conversation was real simple. I talked to him, looked at the houses, we agreed on price. And I said, really, you know, is there any way I could pay you monthly? It would benefit me in this way. Here's how I know it would benefit you as well, if that's something you're interested in. And we talked about it for maybe 10 minutes. He was an investor, he was fairly, you know, comfortable with the terms and he agreed to it. So I think the, the only real negotiation was with that 10 year amortization, what year there would be a balloon, which I'm fine with. Um, if the discussion is when we're gonna have a balloon payment instead of whether they'll take terms or not, that's all good. So those are just a couple uh, examples for you. Hey, I hope that really helped. Tune in next episode number three. We're going to talk about specific language to use when you talk to private lenders. I know you're going to like it. And if this is helping you, if this is benefiting you in any way, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review, a comment. Let us know how we're doing and whether we're helping. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey. Thank you.